we begin this morning a couple of uh, housekeeping matters. First of all, uh, Matthew is sick and Janine is sick, so neither can be with us today. So I am, uh, I'm your new Matthew, Matthew for a day. So I have to first look out over the audience. And then I have to tell a bad joke. So. <laughs> Secondly, because we are so short of teachers today and uh, so much sickness, we're going to conclude our services uh, at the end of service today. There's no Bible study today. Matthew would have been teaching the adult class. and Anyway, we're going to conclude our services and get everybody home safely. Um, all of you rest up and uh, eat your vitamin C. And, uh, and stay healthy in this new year. Before we begin, also, I wanted to share with you that when the elders met and discussed a theme for the upcoming year, we wanted to dwell upon the heart. And there are so many ways to approach that topic. But the heart is really the inner being of man. It's not necessarily a physical organ, but it's our consciousness. And it's what uh, is on the inside of us in the center of our very being. Jesus knew this. And the prophets knew this. And you and I uh, will do us well throughout this upcoming year to dwell on that thought and all the facets of that thought. And if you'd like a fascinating study, open up your concordance and look up the word heart, and it will go on for page after page after page. That's how significant it is. So, no wonder that this morning I chose for the, the title of this lesson, At the Heart of the Matter. In the last days that Jesus was upon the earth, he went up to Jerusalem. He knew it was his time. It was the time that all prophecy concerning him was about to be fulfilled. And all of its glory and all of its horror. But it was his time. <clears throat> Jesus sends two of his disciples ahead of him into the city. And he tells them to go there and prepare a place for us to take of the Passover supper. For it is the week of the feast of the Passover. <coughs> Quietly they, they gather together in the upper room where the meal has been prepared. And in keeping with the tradition of the Jews, the Jews and the Jewish nation, the youngest male would have recited the story of their deliverance from the bondage of Egypt. So that person could have been John or it could have been any of the disciples, but rest assured that they would have remembered how that that nation had been subjected to bondage in the land of Egypt. An oppressive bondage in a foreign land. 
And yet, at the proper time, God heard their voice and their pleas, and he sent Moses not only to lead them out of bondage, but to instruct them on how their lives would be lived. That very night, following Moses' instructions, the head of the household would have taken the lamb outside of the home and slaughtered the lamb. And again, following Moses' instructions, they would have kept the blood And using hyssop, they would have dipped the hyssop into the blood and spread it upon the lintel and the doorposts. And then they went inside their home, prepared the lamb, and ate it, all of it, before midnight. And they did so with their cloak upon their their shoulders, and sandals upon their feet, and they did so standing, ready. About midnight, the avenger passed through all the land of Egypt, taking the firstborn of all things. And yet when the avenger came to the home with blood, of the lamb upon the lentil and the doorposts, he passed over. God sends them, following Moses then, into the desert. He leads them into the desert. And he brought them to the Red Sea and he parted the Red Sea so that the children of Israel crossed over upon dry land. And when Pharaoh's army that sought to destroy them entered the sea, God closed the sea and delivered the children of Israel from Pharaoh. It took 40 years, but because of man's sin, but God led them into the promised land as well. And when they followed God, he went before them and fought for them. And so on that last night that Jesus was upon the earth with his disciples, it was a special night for all Jews and a special night for Jesus and his disciples. And following the Passover meal, He girded himself with a towel and washed their feet. And a commandment he gave to them. As I have loved you, love one another. They then left the upper room and would have walked out the east gate of the city. And they climbed a hill to the Mount of Olives, into the garden of the olive press, Gethsemane. And Jesus prayed for them. And he prayed that 
the Father's will would be done. And then returning to the disciples, he prepared them for what was about to come. His arrest is imminent. You can see the mob coming up the hill with swords and staves and torches. And knowing that the sheep would be scattered, Jesus comforts them. John 14 and verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, the way you know. Well, Thomas confesses And he asks, how can we know the way? And Jesus says unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. At the heart of the matter lies Jesus. The way, Thomas, is Jesus. The truth, Thomas, is Jesus, the Lord. The life, Thomas, is Jesus, the Christ. You know, the prophets of old often spoke of the rock, the Messiah, the deliverer. In Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 1, the scriptures tell us, Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain, my speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as showers upon the grass. Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God, he is the rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. Again in 1 Samuel in chapter 2, there is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. 
David proclaims in Psalms chapter 31 and verse 3, For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. And in 2 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 2, And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song, In the day that the Lord hath delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies, and out of the hand of Saul, he said, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. And again in Psalms 31, Bow down thine ear to me, deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for a house of defense to save me. This rock, the fortress, the deliverer, the guide, salvation without iniquity, whose speech will water the earth, whose truth, just and right, is he. And though the centuries have passed since their deliverance out of the land of Egypt, the children of Israel still eagerly await the Messiah. Each year at the Feast of the Passover, There's a heightened sense of awareness and the people are looking for the Messiah. So it begs the question, could this Jesus be the one, the rock? They remember the words of Isaiah. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. You know, Jesus had taught already on the Sermon on the Mount. His disciples would have been with him and many of the land would have gathered together to hear his words. He patiently proclaimed to them the way of the Lord. And he taught them that wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. But enter in at the straight gate for narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And then he warns the multitude of false prophets who will come in sheep's clothing, but are inwardly ravenous wolves. And he concludes his message that day with a parable. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24 records his words for us. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. 
And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell. And great was the fall of it. Is it surprising that the Lord described the wise man as one who built his house upon the rock? Why a rock? The rock. Because it is the way. The way to know that he's on firm ground. The rock that will stand against the storm. It is the fortress, the guide, the deliverer, the way. The only way. Later, Jesus will ask his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they answered, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say that you are Elijah. And others, that you are Jeremiah. And then Jesus asked, but Peter, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Yes, Peter. Well said. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Well said, Peter. Well said indeed. The rock, the Petra, the foundation, immovable, the chief cornerstone upon which the church is to be built. Though Christ himself may be rejected by men, God anointed him. For the world, a stumbling block. For the wise man, a firm foundation. A fortress. A deliverer. A guide. The rock. At the heart of the matter, then, is our decision. 
Each of us must ask, will I follow Christ, the rock? Will I build my house upon the firm foundation, immovable, and follow the narrow way that leadeth unto life? Do I enter in at the straight gate? Or do I choose the wide gate, the broad path that leadeth unto destruction? Yes, Peter, Jesus is the rock at the very heart of my life. Or do I harden my heart and follow after the world? That truly is the heart of the matter. You see, when you choose Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, where no one comes to the Father except by him. The question then at the heart of the matter is, will you build your house upon the rock? Remembering that Jesus promised, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, There ye may be also. And whither I go, you know. And the way, you know. God raised Jesus up. He sitteth at God's right hand. Our advocate and our mediator. And he is coming again to take us home, to be with the Father eternally. Believe on him. Confess him as Lord. Repent and turn your life over to him, putting on Christ in baptism for the remission of your sins. And be with him forever in the presence of the Father. For this is the heart of the matter. If you have a need this morning, if we can help you in some way, or if you need to put on Christ, the rock, we invite you to do so now as we gather together and sing the song of invitation. Won't you come? Mm-hmm. Marvelous grace of all.